All right, so what is up, guys? We are live with JoJo Gianetti, a.k.a. Skeletor, the ultimate fighter standout. He actually just got out of training right now. Um, I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. What's going on, guys? Just got fresh out of training, hopped out the shower, and here with you guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Thanks for being on. Um, I'll be completely honest with you. I remember watching you years ago on The Ultimate Fighter. Me and my fiance, big, big fans. We were literally rooting for you. Uh, my homie that comes over every fight night, he'd come over every night for Ultimate Fighter. And uh, from, I think, episode one or two, you were probably our favorite on that season. Um, and yeah, man, just a longtime fan. Thank you. That means a lot. It's so funny because, like, I've been fighting for so like I've been fighting since I was 18, like, fresh out of high school. So, you know, the, the Ultimate Fighter was already five years into my career, so it's always so funny how, like, people always say, you know, long-time fan, and to me, yeah, it's already been almost four or five years since Tough. So it's just funny how long I've been fighting, and I'm only 27. It's crazy. It's honestly crazy how young you are and how much you've already done um, in your career. So, I mean, just go ahead and jumping right into questions. I have a couple written down, and then I'm probably just going to kind of freestyle, go off the cusp. So the first thing is uh, just kind of firing off of the ultimate fighter. What has been like the best thing to, to come from you being on the show? Uh, so it's, I've, I've got two and I think they're tied for first. One is I've, I, I, I fully understand what type of lifestyle I need to live now. And, you know, people always ask and always wonder what it's like for guys on tough because, you know, you don't see your friends, you don't see your family. And they, they're like, you know, mentally that's gotta be tough. And of course it is, you know, I miss my girlfriend, I miss my, my dogs, my dad, my friends, everybody. But it's one of those things when I left, everybody knew why I left. They knew what I was going to do, what I'm trying to accomplish. And being in that house and just living and breathing, fighting and training was just such an eye-opener. Not that I didn't train hard before the show, but just seeing how much more I had to dedicate myself. And ever since, I've tried to make that ultimate fighter lifestyle my lifestyle. You know, I wake up, I train. I go to eat lunch and I rest to get ready to train again. Granted, you throw work in the mix and some, some regular life priorities, but I try to stay as close to that as possible because just as much as it's all perspective. Some people say it's terrible. I think it's a blessing in disguise. I Like people say, would you go back on tough? I'd love to. I, it was heaven. You know, no responsibilities, not worrying about bills for once, like just focus on fighting and get the job done. Um, and then tied with that, I would say the connections I made at the show, my friends and my coaches being able to go to a place like American Kickboxing Academy and Daniel Cormier's Wrestling Academy. You know, a kid from a small town in Massachusetts just outside of Boston. I never thought that would be a thing. I think those are definitely two amazing things to come out of the show. Um, I, I'm a from a small town in Louisiana. I was born in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Mostly grew up in Louisiana. Somehow found my way out in California and I randomly decided to... Uh, start training for fun and realized that AKA was like a 30, 35 minute drive for me. So I was like, you know what? Uh, maybe I'll drive over there and see what that's like. And I think after I was there for like two weeks, I was walking out after a Muay Thai class with uh, coach Tomas Dion and yep. DC was literally scanning the little key cards. And I was like, yep. don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Don't <laughs> fanboy out. And I literally walked outside. I took maybe three steps out the door and I was like, Fuck it, I'm gonna be that guy. I turned around and I was like, DC, would it be cool if I took a picture with you, man? And he was so amazingly nice. He's like, Yeah, man, it'd be super cool if you took a picture with me. Walked out from around the counter, put his arm around me, 
And I told him, I was like, dude, like you're, you're like a big inspiration for me. Like I'm, I'm from Louisiana. I started training here because I found out that you trained here and you know, it wasn't that far of a drive. And he's like, Hey, tell, tell Joanna at the front desk, man. She never gives me any respect. Like just a totally normal dude. Right. And I, I know, you know that. Um, and, and I think like, that's one of the things that people that have never trained don't realize about mixed martial artists is they're normal people. Like once that cage door locks, you're a terrifying human being, but outside of the cage, you're, you're probably like a, you know, one of the most gentle people in the world, I'd assume. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, and, and it's, and this is why some people love me and some people hate me is if I like you, I, I like you. We're cool. If I don't like you, you're going to know I don't like you. I'm not going to start a problem with you, but I'm going to let it be known. We're not going to pretend I don't like you. You don't like me. Let's keep it that way. You know, There's I'm a big fan of that. Personally. Like but when people see me that don't like me, Hey man, how's it going? I'm like, Nope, just keep it cordial. Give me that. Like what's up? Not keep it moving. I don't, I don't want to sit here and have that awkward conversation with you. I don't know if it's something wrong with me. I'm not big on small talk. I just like, I'm a boring person. I don't have nothing to talk about. You know what I mean? Um, so, but if I like you or if I, if, if I don't know you, if you're just coming to say hi, then yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be aggressive. It's funny because, uh, some people have like tweeted at me or like DM me on Instagram and like, Oh, I saw you at so-and-so. I wanted to say hi, but I didn't want to be rude. And I'm like, as long as you just say like, Hey, I'm a big fan. What's up? Like, that's it. If you want to take a picture, cool. If you just want to say, Hey, Hey, like it's whatever, you know, I just tell people, I go, I'm socially awkward. So if you ever think I'm looking at you weird and you're like, oh, I just pissed him off. Like you didn't. I'm just awkward. Like my girlfriend thinks it's freaking hysterical. <laughs> you're like, I'm not, not, I'm not making a face at you. That's just my face. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm just wicked awkward. Like I'm not mad that you said hi. I'm just that awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I think that's definitely, I feel like that's almost a trend in mixed martial arts. You have a lot of like, it, it's, it's. 50-50, right? Like you have your Conor McGregor's that are just extroverts out of the womb. Like I feel like that guy yeah. demanded a mic at day one. And then you have folks that like are like yourself where, you know, they're almost introverted extroverts. Like you do well when the mic's in front of you, but if it were up to you, you would probably just train, watch anime, play video games and fight. And that's it. If it was up to me, I wouldn't even be on social media. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, fair. The only reason I the only reason I got into it was because when I was an amateur, I knew I wanted to go pro. I knew I wanted to be a UFC fighter. And, you know, when I was in high school, like, like Instagram started getting big and Facebook and all that stuff. And I was like, I started selling tickets on there. I just post, I have tickets. You want to come, come buy tickets. And I was like, this is a great way to advertise myself. And then it became like the norm to like, you know, advertise and do business on social media. So I just kept up with it. Um, and now people are always like, you're so good at social media. I'm like, yeah, I friggin' hate it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like social media is definitely a double-edged sword. Um, I feel like when it when it was first introduced, it's like, oh, this is a really cool concept. And then it became just like yep. almost a, a new playing field for bragging rights and toxicity. Yeah. So I, I definitely understand. It's definitely a double-edged sword. Um, but, you know, for somebody like yourself that's a, a professional athlete, for you, it's a means of getting your name out, promoting yourself. Um, when you've tried to fight two, three, four guys and none of them are, are willing to actually sign the dotted line, it's a means for you to actually post things and stay relevant when folks aren't willing to actually play their part. And I feel like that's almost a common a common issue for you. And and yeah. a lot of people, like for lack of better words, that come out of really solid gyms, right? Like if people find out like, oh, oh man, that's that standout from the ultimate fighter or oh, 
That's that stud from from AKA. I don't want to fight that guy. Well, it's funny because I joked my last couple of fights with my coaches, and I was like, I feel like I should kind of like try to look like shit in these fights so I can keep getting <laughs> more fights. And like, I know it sounds like a cocky thing to say because come fight night, that would never come out of my mouth. I'm way too nervous. But <laughs> sure. like, but leading up to the fight, my coaches are like, shut up and focus on winning, and I'm like, I am, but like. What good is winning if I don't get to fight again? Because nobody will fight me. Like, and so it's funny. Like I joke about it all the time, and then come fight night, I'm just like, ah, screw everybody. I'm gonna come out there and kill this dude. Like, I want to get in and out. <laughs> I I definitely feel like that's the trend with you. Uh, go in there, kill this guy, get out. Like, what was your old quote? Snatching necks and getting checks, or <laughs> necks and cashing checks. Snatching necks and cashing checks, man. Like you have a 92 percent finish rate. I literally did the math earlier. It's like 92.36 percent finish rate across your professional career that's insane there's two reasons for that there's one <laughs> i'm an mma fan first and i think that it's something that a lot of even the best guys in the sport lack like they're phenomenal fighters phenomenal athletes but they're not fans of the sport there's plenty of guys that don't really even watch mma that are world champs or about to be world champs um i was a huge mma fan before getting into it and besides being a fan and knowing what people want to see uh, I've been to a few decisions, and whether I'm dominating or not, it's always exhausting. I'd rather be not tired and just get in and get out. <laughs> Absolutely. You don't get paid by the hour, right? You get paid by performance. <laughs> it exactly. doesn't matter wanna, if you finish in 15 seconds or 15 minutes. Exactly. I want to get in, get out, get my check. I want the fans to go crazy. And that's like my other thing like with social media is, you know, before, like maybe pre-tough, you know, I used to talk a lot of shit on social media because I was running into the problem of not getting fights. So I was like, I guess I have to be an asshole. Uh, and a lot, of people, a lot of people didn't like me for it. And then they'd come meet me and they'd be like, you're one of the nicest people I ever met. And I was like, yeah, I need to get a fight. So like, I'm going to talk shit and make you hate me enough to whether you like me or not. Like, you might think that I'm too good and you don't want to fight me. But you're like, I really just want to punch that guy. Now you want to fight me. Now it I works. get to fight. Yeah. Um, and then it became one of those things too where like, I wasn't putting on a, a show for social media, but like, I feel like people even now aren't genuine enough on social media because it's so toxic. They just want to show like, oh, this is when I win my fight. This is when I buy my new Rolex and all this shit. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just very open of like, you know, like, oh, I had a great week. I killed it. And then the next day I'll be like, oh, so-and-so just beat the hell out of me for three, five minute rounds. Like, I tell people all the time, like in my gym here when I'm at home, real, uh, real BTT and taunting. More and more guys locally are coming here, and they're getting their asses handed to them. And they'll come to me and be like, "Yo, these guys are good, like MMA fighters." And I'm like, "Yo, why do you think I'm here? Like, I didn't just come here and start being like, oh, this is the spot just to gas them up.' I came here as a successful MMA fighter, wanting to improve my jujitsu, and got manhandled by almost everybody in the gym. And I was like, oh, I was like, I'm not nearly as good as I thought I was." Yeah, I mean that's that's a good sign. That's a good sign of like you found the right spot. Exactly. And so now guys come in and they look at me and they're like, you were serious when you said everyone kicks your ass. I'm like, every day. And I come every back. Every day. <laughs> every day. And I come back. So that way, maybe one day, maybe just one day, yeah. I'll beat them around. <laughs> maybe I'll get tapped five times instead of six. I'll take that. I love it. I love it, man. Um, so that actually brings me to my next question for you. For In your opinion, what, like, what is the deciding factor? What makes a great coach or great gym? 
I think I think there's a couple different answers. Uh, as far as a coach, and this is my opinion because one day I'd like to be a coach, so I'm also still kind of searching for that answer. You know, I watch guys like DC and guys like Kane Velasquez and Javier Mendez and Habib. Uh, one thing that they all share is just like that that family vibe. You know, like a big reason that we all got along with DC so fast on the show and, you know, for the most part, like I'll stay connected with him is because like he kind of just feels like that uncle at the barbecue. <laughs> like yeah. you haven't seen him in like five years, but you see him and he's like, hey, what's up? He's like, how you been? How's the girl? How's college? Da, 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 da. Like that's DC. Like he, he'll, but he'll give you shit. Like he'll bust your balls. Like he'll keep it real with you. Um, you know, and, and that's, it's honesty. It's honesty and that family vibe. Habib's the same way. Like, he'll mess with you, but you know, at the end of the day, he's here for your best interest. Javier Mendez, Cain Velasquez, all the same thing. They can crack jokes with you and pick on you, but you know it's lighthearted, and at the end of the day, you know everything they're doing is to make you better, and you know that they genuinely care. So as a coach, I think that's those are the two big things. As far as the gym, it kind of rides the same answer. I think you need to keep that... You need to keep the family vibes high and the ego low. Ego is... The, the most toxic thing in a gym and it can be, and I've explained this to people that don't think of it this way. I think of a thing, it's silent ego. Like I've seen so many guys that are like, no, I don't care. That's whatever. And then like, I can tell by the way they're grappling or sparring or rolling. I was going to say, you can tell the next round you go with them after they tell you like, Oh no, no, it's no big deal. But then you're like, Dude, yeah. you're not going 50% all of a sudden you just hit me with like an 80% hit and you're trying to take my hat off now. I thought you said yeah, it didn't matter. So yeah, I've been to so those kind I, of gyms. <laughs> yeah. When I first started, like, like my striking first started coming together, um, I would spar with guys that I've sparred for years. I took a year off sparring to improve my striking right before I went pro. And in that year, my striking evolved levels. And sure. so when I went, I went back to sparring, and I was, you know, I would still go super light. I've never been big on hard sparring. But, you know, I would catch some of these guys off guard and, like, catch them with kind of like a lead leg snap kick, almost like mm -hmm. slapping them with my foot. Not super hard, but, you know, you get slapped, you get kind of pissed. And yeah. so, like, it's, I would, It's almost I would, like an embarrassing thing, especially if you have a big yeah. ego. Exactly. So I would land it sometimes, and I'd be like, oh, my God, like, are you good? Like, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, dude, it's fine. It's whatever. I'm like, oh, all right. And then they're drilling leg kicks. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, is it all right? I'm like, because that was kind of hard. <laughs> it's like, uh, you're saying one thing, but you're, you're telling me another thing with your body right now, bro. <laughs> yeah i remember one of the funniest stories ever i remember there was this kid at my old gym uh he was getting ready for an mma fight he was two days or three days out he was a couple days okay. from weigh-ins and we, he wanted to spar i was like hey i don't think it's a good idea you're so <laughs> close to a fight and you know the guys that were helping him were like no no it's fine whatever whatever and he's an amateur so i'm like all right i'll get some rounds with you i guess against my own will whatever so we start sparring and like he's an amateur so i'm getting the better of him like i said i don't spar hard so i'm out pointing him doing whatever i'm backing him up to the wall i'm throwing a couple knees to the body didn't drop him or anything and we did like three rounds and then uh we did a fourth round and towards the end of the round i pushed him up against the wall and i was like being lazy at this point and i like lazily grabbed his head and i need him in the body he was shelled up and just out of panic just did this and he pushed me over because i was slow and lazy and i was like and i was on my ass and i was like whatever so i stand back up but there's a bunch of people watching and everybody sees me fall and goes, ooh. And I see him, like, kind of feel himself. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. And so the round ends. And I'm like, good work, bro. And I was, like, picking him apart for four rounds completely. He didn't land anything. He just pushed me. And I was like, good for you. I was being lazy, whatever. And I was like, good rounds. I was like, 
like whatever. And he's like, what you done? You tired? And I was like, no, I just don't think that we should keep going. Like, I, I just feel like somebody's going to get hurt. Like, this is bad. And he's like, what you tired already? You don't want to go fifth round. And I'm like, kind of looking around, you know, everybody's like, go again, go again. And I'm like, guys, like you're just hyping up the wrong shit. We go again. He's throwing headshots hard as he can, body shots, leg kicks. And I'm just letting him, like, get out the, the whatever, the confidence, aggression. I'm, like, blocking it. I'm like, whatever, do what you got to do. And finally, one of my buddies, Tyler's there, and he's in my corner in all my fights now. And he's getting pissed. And he goes, will you just sit him down with the body shot? And I'm like, you know what? That's, like, the least harmful way I can stop this. So I slip, and I rip a body shot. Instantly, he folds, sits down. And I, I was mad because I don't like doing that. So I took my gloves off and I was like, this is why I said we need to stop. This is stupid that I had to drop you for you to stop. And I threw my gloves and I yelled at everybody. I go, this is your fault for feeding his ego. And I packed my stuff. I showered and I left and I was mad. And my buddy Tyler calls me laughing and he was like, he's like, dude, I know you're mad, but that had to happen. I go, I know it had to happen, but it, it also didn't. We could have just ended where it was. Like, he got the better of me, and he pushed me on my ass. I laughed it off. It is what it is. And then the ego came in. And, like, you know, I don't like hurting people, and I dropped him with a body shot and still felt bad. Some other people, even world-class guys, would have kicked your head off. That is an absolute fact. I'm very much like you. Like, I don't like hurting people. That's probably one of the reasons I, like, didn't really, like, train to, to do it professionally. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I realized that in sparring, like I'd have to eat a couple of really solid shots to be like, all right, I'll, I'll go with you. Like we'll play around. And, and even then, yeah. like if I, if I'd come through or like somebody would step into a cross, I'd be like, ah, shit, <laughs> yep. I'd feel really bad. You I'm, know, still like that. I'm horrible at hard sparring. The guys at AKA know what they think. It's hysterical. They, they try and get me to spar hard and I get my ass kicked and they're like, dude, you're so bad at sparring. I'm like, I'm horrible. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. You're like, it's, it's not that I'm bad at sparring. It's just that like, this guy's willing to hurt me and I'm not really so willing to hurt him. <laughs> yeah. And like, and I've said to people like, oh, I'm not saying like, oh, if I fought back, I'd fuck you up. But like, I just, I, I can't do it. Like in the gym, I can't yeah. do it. I've had, I've had guys that I know are trying to hurt me and I'll set them up. Like I, I lined up a kid once for a question mark kick and I got him to bite on it. He had his hands down here. And I was like, I'm going to boot this kid in the head so hard. And then my foot got to like here and I just stopped. I'm like, I can't yeah. do it. I, I like, just I can't your toe do it. flicks him in the face and you're like, all right, I could have done that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and some guys don't catch the hint, whatever, but like me, like there's just something in me. I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I 100% understand that. I, uh, I've always had a problem like getting to that point where like, you know what? Yeah. Like I, I don't mind if I knock this guy down. Like I yeah. always feel bad no matter who it is that I'm sparring. If I knock you down, I'm literally like, oh crap. Oh shit. I'm sorry. Let me help you up. <laughs> yeah. I feel so bad. Yeah, and then for the rest of sparring, I'm basically like you said in your story, like I'm blocking, I'm I'm swaying, I'm moving, yeah. I'm defending, I'm letting you open up because like I feel yeah. bad that I knocked you down. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I definitely understand that. Um, okay, so kind of jumping back a little bit, backtracking to the beginning, what got you into mixed martial arts? Like what what made you so passionate about the sport? Um, so it was a couple of things. So I was a heavier set kid when I was younger. And I got picked on a lot, and it kind of got to the point where the teachers didn't do anything. And this started in elementary school from third grade. I was getting picked on for being fat. And, you know, I would come home crying sometimes, and my dad would – my dad made trips down to the school and was flipping out with the principal, and they would always say the same thing. Well, it's he said versus he said. We've got no proof. And my dad used to always say, why would my kid come home crying if he's making something up? That makes no sense. 
And eventually it got to the point where my dad was like, if these kids mess with you, you tell a teacher, the teacher doesn't do anything. You handle it yourself. So I started getting picked on and I'd say, all right, at recess or after school or before school, like, yeah, I'm fat. Let's see if you can do something to the fat kid. So I started getting into a lot of fights growing up. I got into, I got into a few fights in like elementary school. I got into a lot of fights in middle school. I only got into like two or three in high school, but all the same thing, like kids trying to, to, to talk smack because I was short and fat. And I was just like, no, you're right. I was like, let's go see if you can beat up the fat kid. Let's go. I had no idea how to fight. I just closed my eyes and throw as hard as I could, but I was fat. So I was throwing a lot of weight. Um, and then when I was in the middle of all that, like getting into fights, uh, I was at a friend's house when I was younger and I saw Anderson Silva versus Forrest Griffin. His dad was watching it. And I just thought it looked like a scene out of a movie. I didn't know what UFC or MMA was. And I think we were playing like Pokemon on our Game Boys. And we were just like in the living room and I looked up and I was like, huh. And you know, Anderson's got his hands down doing this. And then he like knocks him out with a jab. And I was like, what, what am I watching? What just happened? And his dad's like, like oh, you were watching is- anime. <laughs> yeah. And his dad was like, this is UFC. This is the real stuff. Da, 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 da. So I, I started watching it. And I remember the first time I came home to like tell my dad, I was like, they have a pay-per-view. It's like $40. You've got to order it. And he's like, what is it? And I'm trying to explain it to him. He's like, oh, so boxing? And I'm like, yeah, but they wrestle. <laughs> and he's like, so like WWE? And I'm like, no, just order it. You'll love it. And he watched one with me and he was like, how the hell did you find this? <laughs> That's amazing. But was he a fan? He was a fan. He, he didn't understand that, like, in the back of my head, I was like, I want to do this. But he was a fan. And then when I graduated high school, uh, I got into a few colleges that I wanted to wrestle at. And we didn't really have money. And, you know, my dad's giving me the whole spiel. Like, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. And I'm like, we could. But I'd be in a lot of debt. I'm going to go start fighting. And he was like, <laughs> are you crazy? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and uh, so I actually didn't take my SATs while I was in high school. I got accepted to a college and they were like, all right, you need to do your SATs and then we can take you in. And I was like, all right, cool. So I signed up for the SATs because my dad was like, just keep doing everything and you can train and fight. So I signed up for the SATs and it was in, it was a, over the summer and it was like at the end of August or middle of August. It was the same day as my fight and it was my, and it was my first amateur fight. So I like told my, my dad was like, when is it? I was like, oh, it's like August 20th. And like the saying it's the week after. And then, uh, I went to the fight and before I walked out, my phone's blown up. Like my friends, Oh, where are you? Like you missed your test. And I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm in Plymouth. I'm about to get into a fight. And they're like, what? <laughs> You're like, don't worry. It's sanctioned. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I was like, it's my MMA fight. And they're like, you're actually doing that. <laughs> Oh my god. That was was that your first uh, amateur fight or your first pro fight? First amateur fight. Oh my god, man. <laughs> and then uh, it was funny cuz it wasn't until a couple months later my dad was like, "Did you ever get your SAT scores?" I'm like, "No, I didn't." I was like, "That's so crazy." And then he was like, <laughs> he's like, "You got to look into that." And I was like, "Yeah." And then he forgot for a couple more months and then finally he was like, "What the fuck is going on?" And I go, "All right." So I got to pay you back for the SATs because I skipped them. Oh my God. He was not happy. I, I can't imagine. Yeah, I, I could definitely imagine. <laughs> that's a great story, dude. Um, well, I mean, that's that's definitely a great way to get into to mixed martial arts. Anderson Silva versus Forrest Griffin. I mean, that's like a timeless fight. 
when I think that's yeah. one of those fights where like if you want to get a friend into mixed martial arts, you're like, I got something to show you. Let me yeah, show you like, this. Yeah, you ever seen the Matrix? Here's real yeah. life. Yeah, you ever seen you ever seen the Matrix? This is the inspiration <laughs> for it. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, seriously, like that, that I remember watching that fight for the first time and being like, This guy's something. Like this guy's special. And like I remember seeing Silva before then, uh, was it Rich Franklin, the the first Rich yep. Franklin fight when Rich Franklin's nose was flat, and I was just yep. like, and before then, like I was, I mean, even after then, I was a Rich Franklin fan, so I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, like, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, he, he walked into this like he walked into the UFC like, all right, I'm here to take over, and, yep. and that's I what he did. I was like, that's when YouTube started getting big. I was all over YouTube, like Anderson Silva highlights. I saw, I started, <laughs> learning about, I learned about pride. I saw his fights with Chris Lieben and, and Rich Franklin. I was like, this dude is like a superhero. Yeah, literally to, to mix martial arts. He is a superhero. I think, uh-huh. um, speaking of superheroes, I, I know you're super into anime. So I think that might be the, the answer to the question, but outside of mixed martial arts, what are your biggest like hobbies or interests? uh watching anime and working out uh and and playing video games that's really all i do um you know it's it's just hard to squeeze so much in while having such a strict regiment um you know i usually make time on the weekends with me and my girlfriend to go out or to go hang with our friends but like throughout the week if i'm not training or working or doing like a private lesson or something i'm either just trying to sit back and relax and watch anime or i'm playing video games and you know Video games are getting more and more competitive, so I'm, like, leaning more towards anime because, like, it's hard to just play an online game and have fun nowadays. Like, you have to be, like, like a fight. Like, you have to be in the zone. You got to, like, warm up. You got to be mentally prepared to just go through it. And some days I just want to, like, not. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll just go watch some anime. I definitely get it. Yeah. Um. So anime is definitely, it seems like, the, one of the biggest things that you enjoy. What are... Not even like right now, just all time top three animes. So my all time favorite is like the most basic answer. It's Dragon Ball Z. Um, I love I just, Dragon Ball Z. I, I love Dragon Ball Z, but you know, people that are like deep into anime are always like, oh, of course it is. It's like, yeah, dude, that's the first one I ever read. Yeah. When you I say Dragon get, Ball Z to like an anime fan, they're like, oh, yeah. but do you watch yeah. anime? <laughs> yeah. But like, I tell them, I'm like, listen, I, I went through that grind. I remember. When I was younger, like in elementary school, I watched Dragon Ball on wherever I was watching it. And then I read it. I read it. I found it at the library when I was in like fourth or fifth grade. And then I remember I used to have like my parents bought me the VHS. It was on Toonami super late, like 11 o'clock at night. And then like you couldn't just like nowadays you've got Funimation, Crunchyroll, all these websites. Like I went. You can watch I was it going, anywhere now. Yeah. And like, you know, I was watching Yu Yu Hakusho. That's my number two. And if you missed an episode, forget it. You just got to catch the, the catch up on the next episode. You're screwed. Yeah. And so there, and, there was no YouTube back then or, or like just and, looking it up online or like on Crunchyroll or any of the apps nowadays. Like it, people have it so easy compared to how we did when we were watching anime as kids. They have it so good. So the top three, I would probably say are Dragon Ball Z, Yu Yu Hakusho, and then Naruto. I've got like so many under the top three that always like interchange. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's always like just what I'm watching at the time, you know, like Attack on Titans in there, Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen, um, just a lot of like shonen animes, you know, Black Clover, all that. I'm on, I'm on Fire Force and Black Clover right now. Okay. Um, they're freaking awesome. But yeah, people don't get what that grind was like back in the day to be an anime fan. 
Yeah, it was hard. It was very hard. Like you said, like I remember I missed an episode of Yu Yu Hakusho and literally the next episode, like all you can do is watch the little like on the last episode of Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, like I- okay, all right, wait, he did what? Oh, but but what else happened? All right, I guess I'm in. <laughs> yeah, and like I tell people all the time, it's always like I try to not be petty, but like how it's the cool thing to like anime now. Like that was one of the things I got picked on for when I was younger. I was going to say, like, when I, I was a fat kid in elementary school, I got beat up for like an anime. They're like, oh, look at this guy. He's a nerd. Same I remember comic I got books. Me- like now people read yep. comic books and it's like, oh, you read comic books. That's so cool. Yep. I'm like, how? I, yeah. <laughs> like, I remember I would, I had a group of friends. There's only like three or four of us. And we would always have our little, our Game Boys on us at all times. We'd trade Pokemon with each other, battle each other with the little link cables. Oh, and yep. like, we, <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> we would get made fun of for like bringing our Game Boys to school. I'd be wearing like a Dragon Ball Z shirt. Like I'd fight people over this, like just because they wouldn't leave me alone. And now I see like so-and-so like has 7 million followers because they talk about Dragon Ball Z. And it's not like a, a teenager that just got into it. It's like a guy like two years older than me. And I'm like, yeah, it's like a dude. grown man. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, I fought people for wearing that same shirt. And you just started watching anime during COVID. <laughs> yeah. Or like uh, such and such sells uh, original Pokemon card for X amount of dollars. And you're like, my mom sold those at a garage sale. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> money that people make on cards now and i'm like i had like eight of those five of these i'm like and my mom got rid of them it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking i used to have so many like comic book action figures and like pokemon cards and every time i read online like this action figure sold for this many million dollars i'm like my mom sold that for 75 cents at a garage sale (laughs) in south louisiana (laughs) i hope that kid made a lot of money on it Some lady's got her kids' toys in the garage going, I bought this for $1.50. Yeah, she's like, we're going to be rich. Best dollar I ever spent. Terrible. <laughs> um, all right, so so other hobby is video games. What, yeah, what video I, games are you playing right now? So right now, I took a little break from Call of Duty. I'm super excited for Modern <laughs> Warfare 2. Um, and then, like, Fortnite, I'm trying to get into... I want to get into Cyberpunk. I just downloaded it because I watched, I watched that anime on Netflix. If you haven't, fantastic. So, so good. Had me in my feels and everything. My girl, my girl comes home. I'm like sobbing. I'm like, you don't get it. Uh, I got my girl. That's better than mine. Like my girl, every time she happened to walk into the room, it happened to be during one of the nudity scenes. And she's like, are you watching your uh, anime porn again? And I'm like, come on, babe, grow up. It's called hentai. (laughs) (laughs) I got my girl into, uh, I got her into anime for a bit and like, it was so funny because you know my girl's very good about like she wants to get into things that I like so we can spend time together. And okay. I got her, I got her into anime, and there was like I tried almost everything, and there was just like this one's too long or this story didn't catch her. And she was like, "What about that one with the ninjas?" And I'm like, "Naruto." I go, "That's kind of long." I was like, "That's a long one." And she and we started watching it, and she loved it. I couldn't believe it. The first Dude, anime that I, I love it. Anime, the first one she ever watched was Naruto and then Shippuden. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you just watched like a thousand episodes. Like, Wait, did she actually crazy. finish all of Shippuden? All of it. Oh, all dude. It. So and it, that's the first anime I got married into was Naruto. We finished all yeah. of Naruto. We haven't finished Shippuden yet. We kind of fell off because we've yeah. like gotten sucked into all the Disney Plus stuff and all that stuff. But yeah. that's that's next. So, I dude, yeah. I love that that's the first one you got her into. Love it. She She finished all of it. And it's so funny because like... People start talking about anime, and she's like, I really only know, like, Naruto, and they'll ask her questions, like, oh, what did you think about this and this? She's like, oh, that was sad, but, like, then she goes, like, in-depth on something that, like, no normal, like, regular person would know, and everybody's like, 
oh, you like really watching? She's like, yes. <laughs> like, she rewatches it, like, loves it. And it's just like how I am with Dragon Ball Z. She's like right there with Naruto. I love it. I did, and that's that says a lot about that being like the first anime that got you guys into anime, right? Like, that's the first one for her. <laughs> DBZ was exactly. the first one for you. Makes sense. You always yeah, go back to your first. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I got her watching some animes and like, you know, the tragedies and some of the deaths and she like gets emotional. She's like, why am I getting so emotional? I go, cause it's heartbreaking. Yes. Because it's sad. It's meant to make you feel yeah. emotional. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like so funny. Cause like she was, she never made fun of me for like an anime, but she like was never big on it. And now she's in it and she like sees characters die and she's like upset. And she's like, I can't believe I'm so heartbroken. It's, it's amazing to see that, that kind of come full circle, right? <laughs> Especially cause I'm, I'm sure like originally she's like, mm, babe, I don't, I don't know if that's for me. I don't know if that's going to be yeah, my, exactly. my cup of tea. Exactly. And then she's all sobbing next to you and you're like, what's the matter, babe? <laughs> Have you ever seen uh you ever seen a Kami got killed? No, that's a good one. That's a real good one. That one will put you in your feels. She okay. actually, she actually stopped watching it because her favorite character died. Uh, and, and I'd bring it up because she'd always be like, what shows do we have to watch? And I'd be like, oh, we've got this and this and Akami got killed. And she's like, nope, don't even bring it up. I'm not finishing it. Oh, man. So I'm not going to ask <laughs> who her favorite character is <laughs> just in case yeah, I start she, watching it. <laughs> she, gets, she gets so heartbroken. She's like, I can't. She goes, after they died? No, I don't even want to watch it. And I'm like, I get it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. That I think, I mean, the same thing happens to me with like it happened to me with uh, the walking dead. Like I stopped watching after Glenn died. I couldn't do it. I, I did too. And you know, what was funny is I never, when I watched that show, never, I had a friend that said it. They were like, if they ever kill off Glenn, I'm done. And I used Same. to laugh. I, I, I used to laugh. I'd be like, whatever dude. And then they killed off Glenn and I didn't even mean to, I just never watched it again. Yeah. I swear to God. Like if you asked me the season before, like who's your favorite character? Like if they kill off this character, you stop watching. Yep. I, I probably wouldn't even put Glenn in my top three. Exactly. And that's nothing against Glenn. Like, he's a great character. But after that death scene, I literally, I remember looking at my roommate at the time, Shannon. I'm like, I think I'm done, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. I felt we were so big on it. Same thing. That he gets hit with that bat and they show it. And I'm like. It was so gruesome. And I was just like, dude, I was like, even Glenn's not safe. Like, what, what the hell am I watching for? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I mean, if we watch another season, we're just going to watch all the rest of these guys die. Like, I think I'm done. Yeah. I'm checking out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. So I've already asked a lot of the questions that I had. Let's see. here. Oh, how would how would your training partners describe you? Uh, annoying. <laughs> uh, I, I do. I do a lot of unorthodox stuff. Whether it's wrestling or striking or grappling, I just I do a lot of weird stuff and I find stuff that works for me and I make it work against, you know, newer guys and high level guys, um, you know, and there's, there's obviously still a lot of stuff I have to improve on. But the, the common consensus is I do a lot of annoying stuff, you know, <laughs> being a special position and people be like, why did that work? And I'll be like, don't worry about it. Like when I teach a striking class or do a private lesson, people, the first thing they always ask me. Oh, how do you like so-and-so with your hands down? I go, no, stop. I go, I will never teach you how to strike like I do because textbook, everything I do is wrong. But I do it based off of the basics that I know. So I'll teach you the basics. And if you sway towards my style, then we'll work on it. But right now we get on basics and then we'll see where your style takes you. 
I love that. I absolutely love that. And that, that's what makes you a great martial artist, right? You don't have the same exact style as everybody else. You have your own style that you've developed using the basics. Like, yes. Like translating it to music, like a, a good instrument teacher will tell you, like, I'm not going to teach you how to play the Mission Impossible theme. Or I'm not going to teach yeah. you how to play this song by Metallica. I'm going to teach you chords. And then after yep. I teach you chords, then you can play whatever the heck you want to play. Like you're going to be making yep. your own music. That's essentially what you did. Yeah, I was joking with one of my buddies because, like, you know, come. It's, I still do it now, but even coming up in the sport, like, I did take pieces from uh, my favorite fighters. Like, I took things from Anderson Silva and the Diaz brothers and Stephen Thompson and Habib and all them. But it's like I, I manipulated certain parts of it, and I kept one picture perfect, the exact same how they do it, but it all blends together to be my own style. And uh, we were talking about Naruto a couple weeks ago, me and my buddy, and I made a joke. I was like, I'm like Kakashi. I'm the copycat ninja. I was like, if it works for you, I'm going to make it work for me. <laughs> And if it works on me, it'll only work one time, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it, dude. I freaking love it. Um, so I know you got the Naruto skins on Fortnite then, right? Yes, 100%. And yeah. the Dragon Ball Z skin. I was going to say, I know you got the Dragon Ball Z ones too. <laughs> have to, uh, have to. You have to, you have to. So, okay, is Kakashi the number one character in Naruto for you? No, I would say it's it's Naruto and then Jiraiya. Naruto and then Jiraiya. I'm a big Rock League guy. Rock Rockley is up there too. He's right behind Kakashi. I love I love Rockley. I'd probably say like Rockley, Kakashi, and Naruto top three. Makes sense. I dig it. I dig it. And then Dragon Ball Z favorite character. Gohan, Goku, Vegeta. Okay, same same top three, just different order. Vegeta, yep. Gohan, Goku. <laughs> yep, I love them. I love hate it. I hate the DBZ fandom like destroys each other each other because they have difference in opinion i'm like i was like go on's my favorite that's it i don't care what facts you have he's my favorite <laughs> yeah like i don't care if you like piccolo i don't care if you like i don't care if yeah. chi-chi's your favorite like if chi-chi's your yeah. favorite you probably have a reason that chi-chi's your favorite and that's okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's cool to not agree with me i don't care <laughs> yeah it's fine <laughs> i love it man awesome well um i i will let you go i don't want to take up all of your night but i highly appreciate you coming on the show Definitely appreciate you being a part of it and um, would love to have you back on anytime uh, before yeah, you go. I know you don't have, you don't have any fights actually lined up yet, right? Nothing's lined up yet. We're running into that problem of, you know, guys saying yes and then disappearing. Um, we were supposed to, I was hoping this week to announce a fight for the end of November. Um, but now, you know, the guy that said yes to me is fighting in the main event for another promotion. So it is what it is. So if that's the case, then, okay, real quick, two more questions before I let you go. First things you. first. Um, how's your dad? Is your dad doing better? I, I actually picked him up this morning. He's doing good. Um, they just awesome. had to, they had to, I forget what, one of the arteries they had to basically like clean out and then they gave him a bunch of medicines. They had him for like three days. They had him Saturday, Sunday, Monday, took him home today. And he's just basically, he's just got to take it easy for the next couple months. Um, awesome. You know, old school, stubborn Italian guy. So I'm like, listen, you have to do the one thing you hate the most, which is nothing. Yeah, relax. <laughs> have, Trust me. I get yeah. it. My, I have, I have an old Cajun mom with like two broken ribs and a torn rotator cuff. And she's like, I need to rebuild the fence and tear, you know, tear out all the floors and replace the floors. And I'm like, you, you need to do nothing. You need to, you, you need, need to lay down. <laughs> yeah. You need to relax. So yeah, no, stay on him. Make sure he does absolutely <laughs> nothing. I know that that's uh, easier said than done. And, um, yeah. since obviously nobody wants to fight you right now in, in the current promotion you're in, let's play pseudo matchmaker. 
let's say let's say you get to jump on that that card coming up, the Boston UFC card. Who's your dream match? Who are we fighting? So if it's looking for a fight, I don't know because that that's kind of like the local promotions. That's like outside the UFC. If a if a UFC Boston showed up, give me Patty. Give me Patty Pimblet. You can have you that's can have what I was all looking the, for. I knew that'd be the answer. <laughs> you, you, you have you can have all the Irishmen that like just associate with Europe. You can just have them go get drunk to support Patty, and then you can have all the Italians from the North End and all my friends that actually know about MMA come support me. And then we can get it on in the co-main event because, you know, Calvin Cater and Rob Font's got to be the main event. And then we can get it on. I can smoke that fool and or we can, you know, we can figure it out because I'm going to smoke that dude and I'm going to take all that hype. Absolutely. And, and I 100 percent think that you would be the worst matchup for that kid. Um, so you heard it here first. Dana White, Sean Shelby, UFC, everybody on MMA Twitter. Let's make this trend and let's get this kid on the next UFC Boston card. And if the UFC doesn't want to come to Boston. Jojo will come to them. He'll smash that guy hey, anywhere. Hey, UFC Orlando is only a three-hour flight from me, so if they need me last minute, I'll be ready. Hey, UFC Orlando, <laughs> right around the corner. Let's go. Your boy's ready. Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome. Thanks again, Joe. Uh, have a great night, and I'm sure we'll see you on the show again in the near future. You too. I appreciate you taking the time. Have a good one. Absolutely, man. You do the same. Thanks so much. See ya. 